Okay, uh, we're going to try a podcast tonight. It's uh, I, I'm in, in Indiana, and at my house it's like 11.36. And uh, my name is David Mullins. And this is Jeff Newton, and at my house it is also 11.36 because we're in the same time zone. Oh, that's true. That's true. We used to not be in the same time zone, right? But now we are. No, actually we always were. But anyway, just uh, Indiana has this confusing thing with time, but you know it'll all be solved, I'm sure. It just keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Yeah. Does anyone really know what time it is? Does anybody really care? I, so I can't imagine why. <laughs> but anyway, the, we are, are two uh, middle-aged pastors discussing stuff. And Jeff, what are we discussing today? Or tonight? Tonight. Tonight we're going to be talking about, um, what are we about in the church? What are we, what, what's the church all about? maybe is a way to say it or or how do you know that you're the church or or what makes a church or do we even need a church what <laughs> what in the world are we trying to accomplish that's a good point what are we trying to accomplish so what are you trying to accomplish in your church day i'm just trying to be like you ha <laughs> 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 no you're you're like a you're you're like a big church city pastor i mean i'm just i've just been doing this for, for like two and a half years now so i really don't yeah know. yeah i'm still trying to figure it all out <laughs> trying to figure it all out two and a half years plus other years i i mean you you were at a church with with nine people then you were at a church with like you know a hundred and some people and you're at a couple churches like that and then you were at a church with like 600 people what what was the difference in there there attitude toward what they were trying to do. Oh, they all did the same. I'm in a church now with like 20 people, and we all do the same thing. Which is? Which is maintain what we got going. Oh. Well, that's true. That is what kind of what we're about, aren't you? Just paying the bills, keeping the doors open, keeping the heat on, the lights going. The, the goal, I think, here's what I think the goal is of most churches. <laughs> you ready for this? <laughs> I'm ready. Not to let the church die on my watch. <laughs> it wasn't my fault. It wasn't my fault. And then you want to stand before Jesus someday and say, it wasn't my fault that church closed, because we kept it open. Yeah, I, I took it and I buried it in the ground. Here, I'll give it back to you just the way it was this, when you, you gave it to me. Right. So, yeah, I think I think that you know, that's my biggest struggle is what is, what's the church all about? Are we, what are we there for? And I think we're there for the same reason we have Coke machines in our church. For refreshment? No, we have two Coke machines in our church. And they sell, they sell the Cokes for 40 cents a piece because they don't have the money to change the changer to make it more expensive. So they make about 10 cents a can. Well, so that's pretty good. So a couple thousand cans. Yeah. So I asked what they did with the money. The lady who's in charge of the Coke machine. So what do you do with the money? You know, what do you do with the profits? And she said, well, the machine on the left broke down a couple years ago, and it cost, we used all the profit to fix the machine. <laughs> I think, oh, that gives me kind of a whole idea of the way the church is working. We just do what we need to do to keep us ourselves going, and it doesn't make any sense. I think it's my biggest problem with the church right now. It doesn't make any sense. So you're you're admitting you have problems with the church right now. Right now I have problems understanding and making sense of the whole 
thing. The whole thing. The whole, what, church culture, would you say? Church culture. I think the Christian church, I mean, the you, the American church culture. I have a little trouble with um, church organization. And institutionalism. Like institutionalism. Okay. Um, just a little trouble with all that kind of things right now. Maybe I just don't get it. You're just an angry young man. <laughs> I'm one middle-aged young... I'm just a one middle-aged angry guy. No, I'm not angry. I'm just trying to figure it out. I just can't quite get a handle on it. Of course, I, so, so, of course I get all my money from the church, so I can't really say a lot. <laughs> oh, now that's an interesting tidbit. <laughs> so uh, you're, you're profiting from... Stuff. From... From all this. I'm profiting from things I don't understand. So, Mike, I guess I, I wonder, what do you think Jesus had in mind? What did Jesus have in mind? Yeah, what do you think Jesus had in mind? Not that you, you know exactly what he had in mind. Well, I think he had in mind that someday the church would be in these huge buildings with multi-million dollar media systems and speakers and all those kinds of things. And the church would be something you go to. I think that's what Jesus had in mind, don't you? Is that what he had in mind? You think that's what he had in mind? <laughs> I'm not sure. I, I, I don't, I'm not sure that he had that in mind. After all, isn't that what, he, isn't that what it was about? It's about... About that? <laughs> Of course, I'm not being real right now. I think Jesus has something totally different in mind. I think that's where I think it's a problem. I'm having trouble squaring up what I'm seeing with what I think Jesus is, was talking about in the scripture. Yeah, yeah. What would you? I mean, uh, just I'm just asking you because you're t you're you're talking to me. Uh, what do you see that Jesus was saying in scripture about the church? About the church. I think there's only I think I think it's so simple. I think it's so simple. I think the command of Je the command of Jesus he said there's two things I want you to do, love God and love others. And to me that's it. Love God, love others and nothing else really matters. Um he did talk about going into the world and making disciples too. Uh going into the world and making disciples. I think if you go into the world and make disciples, the idea that you're loving God and loving others, I don't know what, how hard that is. How about if I, I make it a little bit more simpler than that? Okay. To, to love God. To love God. Yeah, I, I, I forget which, which guy I was reading. Uh, he, he wrote something on loving God, and uh, his take was that if you truly actually got connected up with God and actually truly love God from your heart, there would be some things in your life that you would automatically do. Mm. And that and that kind of does the whole love others things. Because, you know, sometimes I think when we say we're loving others, we're just kind of uh, patronizing or arrogant with things. That's a good point. I mean, you, you've worked with the poor quite a uh, bit. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, so just by my saying that, I've just segregating them into this this little group so to speak you know i wonder sometimes if they feel offended the way we as the church help them 
I, you know, I've been thinking about that a lot lately, and I don't know the answer to that. But I hope to find out. Well, that that I, I'd be really interested because some, you know, we're we're doing stuff here, and you know, it's like, okay, it's Christmas. We need to find a family. We need to find this, and it's like, yeah, you know, there's some people that need help, but then all of a sudden they kind of become a project of a church, so that we can kind of further some feeling or some ideal or say well look what i've done or or i feel justified in my lifestyle because i've taken a little bit of my excess and i've thrown it over here exactly and i think that's the problem i think that's putting a band-aid on a big problem and i think that people who live in poverty don't even know what they need exactly and i think that they take the things that you're giving them because you're giving them stuff and they the stuff they need or want or desire, and so they're going to freely take it usually. But but when you're doing that, then it makes the church people feel good, and we've done something, we've cared for people, but we really don't build into people's lives. We just come and, as a matter of fact, we live in an impoverished neighborhood, as you know, and there's there's been church vans that drive by through the neighborhood and throw candy out to the kids without ever getting out of the van. <laughs> and that's true. <laughs> We don't want to go in there, but we'll throw candy at them. Throw candy at them and say, Jesus loves you, and keep on driving. Now, now during the, the week of Christmas, do they will come and throw canned hams? I don't know. But I think that there has to be a way. I think if, I think there has to be a way that the church um, can actually build in somebody's life and, and be with them and care about them and help them, and then help them discover if they want to be better. That's another thing. Jesus said, do you want to be healed? So, you know, I wouldn't know why somebody would say no, but Jesus asked the question. And sometimes I think we think that everybody wants to be the way we are, and that may yeah. not be that. That may be what they want, or they may not know what they want. Yeah, hey, I'm going to throw this in. Do you remember the episode of WKRP where Les Nesman had the turkey giveaway? No. And they started... I'm not that old, David. That was before my time. Oh, it was in the 80s. <laughs> And so they rent this helicopter, and they're flying over, and he's throwing these, these live turkeys out the window. <laughs> and and I don't think it's Les Nesman. It was someone else. But anyway, Les Nesman's on the ground. He said, oh, and they're throwing something out. And, oh, it's turkeys. And these turkeys are just falling and hitting people and everything. And, and then after they were talking about what went wrong later in the, in the, in the station, the guy that was over it all said, I really think turkeys could fly. <laughs> what a sight, ladies and gentlemen. What a sight. The copter seems to be circling the parking area now. I guess it's looking for a place to land. No, something just came out of the back of the helicopter. It's uh, a dark object. Uh, perhaps a skydiver plummeting to the earth from only 2,000 feet in the air.
you there? Les isn't there. <clears throat> Thanks for that on-the-spot report, Les. Just tuned in. The Pinedale Shopping Mall has just been bombed with live turkey. Film at 11. That's funny. It, it, it's much funnier than the show, but it was funny. But back to your point. I, I think we artificially do, do a lot of stuff in the church. I, I think the church is, is a lot about image and not a lot about substance, perhaps. Mm-hmm. I, maybe that's too harsh. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I think you got it. But I think that's for yeah. some people. I think it depends on how you define church, too. But I think there are some people that it is all about image and not about substance. But I think that there are people that are the church that want to do really have a desire to do more and to, and to and they love God and they want to do something they don't just don't know what to do and so they do the best they can with what they got and I think that's where the leadership of the church has gotten um, flipped around the clergy when we feel like that, that we're running a business instead of equipping people to do whatever God's calling them to do or at least help it, tell them to go, go do it and I think a lot of times pastors want to rein in the reins and do everything themselves so they look good and get all the glory. And let people look back and say, well, if they want to do it, let them do it. And after you do that for a while, you become like the people in poverty. You're dependent on everybody else to take care of you <laughs> because that's what's happening. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. I, I, I think there's, uh, but, but I don't know, it might be a chicken and egg thing. As far as you know, the clergy taking over uh, roles and, and and different thing, uh, you know, and I don't know when that happened. You know, I'm I'm not that old to remember, you know, the time when the church was working and people were operating in in their, the 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 gifting that God had given them, and the people were actually reaching out in the communities and helping their neighbors and their friends and and people that were, you know, on on rough times. Uh, I don't remember that time. Yeah, I think I think you have to go kind of back to the New Testament to find that. <laughs> well, then is it impossible? No, I don't think it's impossible. But I think it is impossible. I think here, I don't think anything is impossible. Don't I don't want to, nothing is impossible. However, I think it's highly improbable that there's going to be major shifts of the church as an institution until the institution is about done for, and there'll hey, be a here, lot of scrambling. Here's an idea for you. Uh, we are living in a culture, correct? Yes. Okay, all of us are living in a culture. Is the true culture of the church, or the, the culture of what the church is supposed to be, is it equal to our current culture, or is it different than our current culture? I think the church culture only appears... When people are together in the church, no, I mean, I mean, uh, the the culture that should be in the church. You know, the, the Jesus left the church. Oh, okay. What it should be. What it should be. Is it the same as the culture we're in, or is it different? I think it's different. Okay. What happens? Uh, you you went uh, as as uh, for a mission trip right over to Brazil. Right. Did they just? Did you just kind of one day say, "Hey, you know what? I think I want to go with these folks to Brazil." And did you hop on a plane and just go over there? No, I had to go to a bunch of meetings and learn about their culture, 
and about their language and their history and what to do and their customs. So I wasn't. There were certain hand gestures that are okay in the United States that are not okay there, and that kind of stuff. It, Been and, a long and so, time doing that. And, and so, what, what's what's that phrase that they usually say when when you are introduced into a new culture and you're not prepared for it? Idiot. I don't know. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> I, I think it's culture shock. Have you ever heard that? Term? Oh yes, culture shock. You just kind of, and, and a lot of times that happens when people go over to third world countries and they're from a, a very rich country and it's kind of like, man, you know, they're just shocked. Mm-hmm. What if uh, part of the problem is that we as clergy don't understand the culture that Jesus wants in the church? What if the clergy's role is more or less to teach those cultural classes to people that aren't quite in the the I don't want to say church culture. I, I wish I had another another name, uh, but the culture that Jesus wanted to kind of develop. Do you think the culture that Jesus wanted to develop would be called kingdom of God sort of things? You know, that would probably work. <laughs> uh, you know, there's certain values that, that throughout the scripture we see kind of put onto the kingdom of God. And, and maybe one of the roles we as clergy is to understand what Jesus wanted and to kind of live within that, which would kind of, by definition, make us uh, countercultural, mm-hmm. and then actually pull people into that culture by actually teaching them that the culture they are living in isn't necessarily the same culture that Jesus wants them to live in. That's very good. As a matter of fact, I think that if clergy were doing what you just said, we would have to see transformation, culture transformation, inside the church as well as outside it's transformation it's transforming people into the kingdom of God and I think that many people in the church have no clue what that's about and most people outside the church have no idea but maybe you haven't even heard the term before but um, I think it's right I think you're right that that you're tr- you're teaching people especially in the church what the kingdom of God is like what the culture of Jesus is going to be like and is like now and the goal is to help people enter into that and live it out. Yeah, one of the problems that I have is, or, or one of the problems I'm struggling with is the, the idea that you come into a certain place and you say uh, a, a few words, some sort of almost formula-like words, and then all of a sudden you are, uh, what, in a special place mm-hmm. at that point? Mm-hmm. Uh, you I mean, it's interesting because it's like, okay, you, you say these few words, you go through this, and, and there's no talk of life transformation. I, th- I think we hope that it happens, and mm-hmm. I think we really believe, uh, and I believe in prayer. I really do, but I think we believe that the transformation will happen kind of magically, uh, that really the person doesn't even have to be aware of it. That all of a sudden they, they pray this and and, and then, then things change. And for some folks that do, that process does start. But for a lot of folks, uh, you meet up with them, say, 50, late, 50 years later, and they'll talk about a revival service or they're talking about you know being baptized at the lake or, or something. And you look at them and you're saying, so you're telling me that you're a Christian. And if you would, have told, if you would not have told me that, I would have had no idea. Exactly. Exactly. I think it's a dangerous thing to, I think, 
And it's a dangerous thing to lead people to believe that saying a few words is going to uh, get them in, so to speak. Maybe it will, I don't know, but it just seems a little dangerous to me. And I think I think a lot of pastors like to do that because then they can get a sticker of their name tag. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a, a comment to one of Jeff's blogs. <laughs> so but but I, I think we struggle and you just kinda of struggled right there because one side of you saying, you know, I know they said these words and I want to say that gets them in because I believe in uh, the prayer of faith. But yet, I think there should be some sort of, you know, something else along with that. Uh, because we don't want to fall over and works righteous and say, well, it's what they're doing that kind of, of, of makes them Christian or make them in. I, I don't even like the, the in and out language anymore. I, I don't think it's helpful. So, in what, what would be a third? What would be a third way of thinking of in and out? Well, I don't think of it a third way. I just think of, uh, and I think it's uh, some of the emergent stuff they're talking about moving closer to the center. Uh, you're moving closer to something or further away, and so you can be a Christian and be moving closer to Christ, or you can be a Christian moving further away from Him or His ideals. Uh, and then the other question is, you can be a non-Christian and be moving closer to Christ's ideal deals. That's true. And, and I think for me, the whole movement toward the center, uh, the center being Christ is much more helpful than, than saying, Oh, well, I'm, I'm a Christian because, you know, back in, in 1983, I, I knelt down at an altar and it's like, well, it's wonderful that you did that, but did you really mean it? Uh, you know, because what you're saying at that point is, Jesus, I want to be part of your kingdom, which means that you're going to live life in a certain way. And you're not going to do it right away, but you're going to at least uh, try to figure out what that kingdom means and what it means to truly follow him. And make movement toward it. Yeah. I think that's good. I think that's good. I like, I like, a, I like make movement towards something. I like the idea of journey, too. And as a church, as a church, I think um, I think we have I don't know we have a we have a skewed idea of what ministry is. We have a skewed idea of what sacred is. We have a, it's just a it's very difficult to even describe. It's hard for me to even describe because we get so far out on tangents and we get so far out on stuff that we I think I think here's the problem. We want to stay. We we have to stay busy in the busy doing something in the church, or we're not doing anything. Yeah, and it's easier to do something inside the church for most people than it is to do something outside the church. Yeah, yeah. And even and, pa even pastors busy themselves with lots of stuff that's not necessary. Yeah, but I I think a lot of the stuff we do inside and outside the church are basically. Uh, Self-generated. I'm not sure uh, a, a lot of this, the projects that we do even outside the church. I'm. You know, the question is: Is it really something that Jesus wanted us to do to begin with, or is it a, something that we look at and say, you know what, we ought to be doing something for these folks over here? So let's just kind of go ahead and pick it up and let's let's go out and throw some candy at them. You know, that's a nice thing to yeah, do. They see. like candy. And and, and yeah. you know you yeah. talk to those folks. They'll say you know yeah we're doing something out in the community every every week every couple of days we get in our van we go we travel down there we we give them some candy. 
Exactly. Is that, is that really what Jesus had in mind when he was in the garden bleeding uh, drops of blood as he prayed? <laughs> saying, Father, you know, let this cup pass from me, but not my will, but your will. Is that really sacrificing? <laughs> exactly. I think sacrifice is, is probably the uh, the biggest... Uh, the, what do I want to say? It's probably the, the the biggest thing that's lacking in the church today is the idea of sacrifice. I'll admit I don't like sacrifice. I I don't like that idea, and and I think <laughs> sacrifice uh, reminds me of of I guess you know the cross. I I don't like that. Our culture doesn't like that. But yet that's perhaps the counterculturalism of of Christianity, and and that's what God is calling us to, and I think that's. Perhaps the one thing that we, you know, I know I need to deal with in my life, but I don't hear a lot of, you know, talk of what that means in, uh, in you know, when I, I watch at least, you know, churches or what, you know, sermons I listen to and stuff like that. Hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, the definition of sacrifice, what is that? That's a whole other podcast. Well, I guess it probably would be, wouldn't it? We're at about 25 minutes. <laughs> Yeah, the definition of a, of a sacrifice. What does that mean to sacrifice? Does that mean you only have one screen in your sanctuary instead of two? <laughs> uh, <laughs> it, it, and, and it's a good question at Christmas, too. You know, we're, we're buying people gift certificates to Chili's. <laughs> they don't need gift certificates to Chili's. <laughs> Not the people we're buying them for. <laughs> that's, that's the same thing in... And um, we're, I'm in one family exchange, and my brother-in-law and I got each other's name. I don't know if he got my name, but he wrote down the same thing that I wrote down in mine. I want to, I want to, it's all $20, so I want a $20 gift certificate to Red, uh, Red Lobster. <laughs> so I wrote down my paper that I wanted. And he wrote, and I know he wrote the same thing. <laughs> I got his name, because I got his name. <laughs> so why don't we just go to Red Lobster together? <laughs> or just call it even, you know? Call it even. <laughs> Let's go out to dinner together and pay for our own and just have a conversation. Yeah. I, you know, we probably need to wrap the podcast up, but uh, I guess my last comment, I'll give you the last word, but my last comment on, and we started out with kind of what are we trying to be about in the church. I think, uh, you know, loving God, uh, which I think incorporates uh, sacrifice and I think it incorporates the cro- the cross. I mean, that's kind of how... Jesus ultimately showed not only his love for us, but also his love for God was that prayer, not my will be done, but yours. And that is the one thing I struggle with, not only listening to God or hearing him, but actually sacrificing my Americanized lifestyle. <laughs> and so as a pastor, we talked about teaching cult, you know, the culture of the, the kingdom of God. It's difficult for me. Uh, to teach that, and uh, and I don't know about my my brothers and sisters in in the ministry, but uh, you know we are you know we're not in the third world country. We're not in, in Africa trying to preach the gospel. We we've got everything that we could possibly want at our fingertips. That's true. So That's you, true. you have the last word on this. Hmm. The last word. Well, see, I still I agree that love God is number one. Love others is number two, and I don't think anything else much other than that is really that important. I think teaching kingdom living is important too, and that's part of, 
part of disciple making. And but I think it's something that has to be done both inside the church and outside the church. I don't think people, I don't think the church is living in the kingdom all the time. So I think uh, as we proceed in our conversations and in our prayers, maybe the prayer, a great prayer would be what you just said, not my will, but, but God's will be done. And um, see where that takes you. And have a hunch if you pray that sincerely, you'll be making some sacrifices. Yeah, it's, it's getting to the sincere part that I, you know, we, we kind of fool ourselves thinking we're sincere, but I think sometimes we're not really. That's true. So, so this is, That's this true. is, uh, oh, before we kind of close up, I, I just, I, I want to announce a new uh, segment on the, the TMAP or the Two Middle Age Pastors podcast and its viewer email or listener email. So, uh, Jeff, what email do we have to answer this week? The question yeah, on the email? What email? Yeah, what email? Is that what you're asking? I mean, we, the we email that we... On, on email. our email, you know, what... what uh, <laughs> they want to know what you look like. <laughs> no, do, did we actually get any email? No. <laughs> okay, that's my point. There's no email, so... Uh, I thought you wanted me to make something up. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> So there's no email, so if we want to do a section answering your email, or maybe if you have an idea for a podcast or something, just give us a line. Uh, Jeff and I are going to try to do this a little bit more frequently. Uh, we're doing it over the Internet, so it's kind of difficult. But maybe at some point we can do, uh, you know, get together. But send us an email. Drop us a line. Let us know what you're thinking, and, uh, and hopefully you can help make this podcast even better, if that's possible. That's right. What's our email address? Don't you have it? It's a two middle aged pastors at gmail.com. Here, I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll set up a brand new email thing tmap at gmail.com. Okay, there we go. at gmail.com. Okay, cool. Set it up. Let me know what the password is so I can read it. Okay, I'll have to do that. Okay. And this is David Mullins. This is Jeff Newton. And we will talk at you later. All right. As God is my witness, I thought turkeys could fly.